Welcome back, everyone. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Director and Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, and thanks for joining us here live every Tuesday at noon, where we talk about uh, everything that's going on in the markets uh, coming up this week and what to look for. And this is next week today. As always, keep in mind, everything we discuss here is for information purposes. Uh, always do your own due diligence or contact a professional advisor. You can always reach out to us at mikeonmoney.com. Uh, you can find our email, our phone, uh, you can even book an appointment with us there, and you can see all our other content uh, at that portal. Uh, but reach out, any questions about your personal situation, we're happy to answer those questions as well. So let's jump into things. Uh, as always, just on a quick COVID update this week, uh, obviously the big, two big things is uh, going on is the booster shots, and of course, the rollout for uh, the kids aged five to 11. Uh, the, United States, the United States is looking at rolling out that to five to 11, uh, starting at this to next week. They're just trying to get their supply in the right locations. And Canada's still doing some review, but likely to follow suit in the next week, week or two. Uh, and then booster shots, of course, uh, here in BC and Canada, those are starting to roll out. Uh, you know, just like they rolled up the vaccine, age 70 plus is kind of been the first group and those living in nursing homes. Uh, I know Ontario's uh, gotten through those, uh, you know, people higher risk or compromised immune systems. Uh, and they just announced this morning in BC that anybody who got double AstraZeneca shots uh, will be the first in line at six months after your second shot, you'll be first in line to get the invite to, uh, to go get your booster. I guess studies have been showing that the uh, double AstraZeneca, uh, your protection uh, is, is waning faster than uh, than if you've got one of the mRNA vaccines. So if you uh, if you were double AZ, um, you'll be first in line. And I think they're talking January here in DC. Uh, I know that's what I was, and I think my six month mark is December. So I'll probably be uh, in early uh, early Jan looking at uh, a booster. Uh, from uh, one of the mRNAs. They haven't said which one yet, they just uh, mRNA, but I think Pfizer is the only approved booster so far uh, with Moderna uh, going through their approval process now. So that's it on COVID this week. Uh, let's take a look at what's going on or what to expect in the markets. Uh, we're still seeing earnings come out. Pfizer is going to be reported. We'll talk a little bit about that in a, in a moment. Uh, Mondelez International is reporting the U.S. Federal uh, Open Market Committee is getting together, uh, of course, to talk about those inflation numbers, uh, and some U.S. general elections are happening later on this week as well. Um, as far as what we're seeing in the future market, they've pa paused a little bit here uh, after we saw the three major indexes in the U.S. hit record highs over the last uh, few days, uh, and also going into the Fed Reserve two-day policy meeting uh, just around inflation concerns and what they're going to do with the quantitative easement uh, down in the United States. Uh, so we'll get a, a bit more view into what, uh, what their longer-term plan is there. Uh, <clears throat> that two-day policy meeting is, uh, you know, has investors a little bit on edge, uh, although most of the concerns have been priced into the market. Uh, there is kind of that growing concern of how quickly the interest rates uh, might start to rise. Uh, certainly the quantitative easing is going to stop sooner, so they're going to stop buying back the bonds. 
but uh, but before they raise rates, we probably still have a little bit of breathing room there, uh, it probably into 2022. Uh, Economists out there expecting the feds to begin to wind down that buying back program. Uh, and that's pretty much priced into the market. And uh, we'll see that when we look at the, uh, the 10-year bond rates as well. Uh, just other things going on. Uh, U.S. Congress, November's agenda is pretty packed. Uh, you know, Biden's trying to get through, his, of course, his Build Better Back um, program on infrastructure. Uh, but he's, he's kind of got three different uh, pillars of He's putting out there about 2.75 trillion. Uh, it, it, it's quite large. Uh, you know, it's one of the packages gone being compared to the 1930s New Deal or the 1960s Great Society kind of recovery bills. Uh, just try to rebuild um, the economic growth, uh, fill in those jobs, uh, and get things moving forward after the uh, the shutdown last year. So, you know, while we're seeing certainly an economic uh, bounce back after the the shutdown. Uh, to keep this going, to keep the economy growing, uh, it's going to take some more stimulus uh, in some very targeted areas. Uh, toy makers are looking kind of beyond these uh, these port and long jams uh, to the risk of a glut. So you know this is really really common. Um, uh, you know uh, when we get a supply chain or a, a big surge in demand in, in, in a product or in our sector, uh, we've seen it many many times over the years is what ends up happening is companies go out there scrambling to kind of get their product out, get manufactured uh, up and running, you know, get more out to the market. And then what ends up happening is you have to end up with this big, massive excess uh, supply at the end. And the demand, you know, either peters off or uh, just slows, you know, stays, stays, uh, stays where it is uh, while you've ramped up all this manufacturing. Uh, and, and, you know, and ship in supply chain uh, reinforced to get the products out there. We've seen it a lot of times, you know, uh, we've seen it in energy, you know, uh, we're at the early stages of this, you know, kind of energy crunch right now. You know, when we talk about oil prices uh, going higher, uh, the gasoline prices going higher, uh, you know, we've seen, you know, big crunches in the past around energy and then all of a sudden, you know, the world decides to, or sorry, the companies around the world decides to turn the, the, uh, the earth into a pincushion, finds a bunch more oil, increases supply to the market, uh, and then all of a sudden you have a glut. And, and then, you know, you get the downward uh, pressures on pricing. So this is one of the things we have to keep an eye on, especially on the manufacturing front is yes, you know, uh, we are still in that supply chain crunch and that log jam is there on the ports. But when that when that logjam breaks, right? When the, when the river breaks through, and when we get flooded with product, uh, we have to be really careful as to what that's going to mean for earnings going forward. Um, Facebook out there, if you haven't been following, uh, has changed their name to Meta, uh, Meta Platforms Inc. So uh, if you haven't been following it, uh, Facebook still exists, of course, as the Facebook app. Uh, Meta just owns all their different products: Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp. Uh, and uh, their goal is to build the metaverse. If you're not sure what a metaverse is, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's a long way off before I think we get uh, anywhere near what they uh, they hope it to be. But it's basically a virtual world. So you wear you know that headset gear, uh, and you can interact with people in different venues. They can interact with you. Uh, you can have virtual offices. You can virtual shop. Virtual hanging out with friends. 
uh, go read Ready Player One or go watch the movie. Uh, it's pretty much that concept uh, that they want to try to build and move away from just a social network. And obviously the big concern there is uh, when you think about a metaverse, certainly what they're envisioning, uh, where you would design you know, your own off virtual office, your own virtual look, you do your own virtual shop and basically live this virtual life when you're in there or when you logged in. Um, there's already massive concerns around Facebook having control of too much of our information, right? And what they do with that information. Well, this would just take it onto a whole other level. So obviously there's a lot of concerns around uh, this vision that they have. The, you know, the renaming comes at a time when they're, you know, the whistleblowers talking about, uh, you know, how badly uh, they've controlled um, misinformation or how they fueled hate online or bullying or insurrections, all kinds of things. Uh, not great for them and, and, and they're kind of going through this uh, brand, uh, rebranding at the exact same time. So obviously there's going to be a, an ongoing story, uh, see where they head, you know, see where things head down, uh, down the road, but uh, keep your eye out on the metaverse. I guess that's where things are headed. We can all hide from the real world in there. Uh, other news out there, uh, we're seeing shortages, of course, you know, the supply chain, as we talked about, is not getting any better. And even manufacturers are starting to slow down because of the cost of raw materials. So, you know, they can't manufacture the goods for prices that they can sell it. So, you know, this high price restraint uh, on US manufacturing is causing more slowdowns. You know, I've said this a few times, you know, definitely if you're going to do holiday shopping, get on it sooner than later. You might even be too late for some products at this point. Um, it, it's not looking good out there uh, as far as uh, inventories go. Uh, inflation, of course, continues to rear its ugly head. Wage data is coming out. You know, the, 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 the Fed, you know, the, the transitory inflation, you know, which we talked about over a month ago, you know, it's kind of getting old now. You know, is it transitory? Are we, you know, into real inflation numbers now? Uh, we're certain to see wage increases you know, uh, you know, running rampant. Uh, the Federal Reserve is very concerned about this uh, because, you know, once wage inflation starts to happen, the, you know, their tools to offset inflation start to shrink. Like the, pretty much all they have is interest rates after that. And they've been really trying uh, hard not to use that to that arrow yet. So, um, so we got to keep a, a close eye on that, uh, on the wage data. And, and we're in this strange, strange period of uh, uh, unemployment. So unemployment still, you know, higher than they want it to be. Um, but we also have this uh, company's inability to, to, to be able to hire people. So how can we have so many unemployed and yet so many jobs? And, and it kind of comes down to that wage number, right? Like how much are people willing to, uh, you know, go, for, go work for, how, or how low will they go do the work for? Uh, as far as the wages go, and it's driving up prices, right? We've heard stories of dishwashers at restaurants being uh, offered $50,000 a year salary just because they need somebody to stay open and, and they have to pay that. So uh, this is going to be a really tight balancing act for the next year as we deal with both the, or sorry, all three, the supply chain, the uh, unemployment numbers, and of course, the need for uh, the need for workers. So. Uh, it's going to be a theme uh, that we're definitely going to hear a lot of out, a lot of out of that Fed Reserve meeting over the next couple of days. Uh, you know, a blow to Biden. You know, as I mentioned, he's been trying to get the spending this 1.75 uh, 
$1.5 billion spending bill just on the infrastructure side of things, kind of this package uh, that started, I think, at $3.5 trillion, uh, now down to $1.75 trillion. And, you know, a couple of holdouts in his party, Joe Manchin, you know, committed to it or kind of agreed to it behind closed doors, but then kind of came out publicly and said, you know, he's not committed to backing it. He's, he hasn't said he's going to block it. He just hasn't committed to backing it yet. Uh, and it's just this back and forth, back and forth. So uh, you, you got to feel, you know, th there's a lot of good in the package. They've scaled the package back dramatically. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of good in there. Uh, and a lot of it's focused around creating jobs and giving social support to uh, to things that we, you know, here in Canada, we take for take for granted, you know, you know, whether it be uh, kindergarten or, 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 you know, child care uh, subsidies or uh, uh, even uh, maternal or paternal leave, maternal and paternal leave, which we have here in Canada, which is a big pushing point for the package. So it, it continues, the saga continues to go on. Hopefully we see an end to it because honestly, uh, I'm kind of tired of that story. Hopefully, that one comes off our list in the uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, so the uh, the Congress is definitely pushing uh, further the global tax uh, policy that so they started with the uh, the G7 and then the D20. It's grown to about 140 countries that want to take part in this global tax, and this is where corporations would pay a minimum a global tax, uh, not being able to shelter you know in different. Um, jurisdictions around the world, you know, hide dollars from their uh, from their home company country or the country that the revenue is generated in. Uh, and and uh, even in the recent uh, G20 meetings, it was brought up and there's a lot of support internationally on this. And even the tech companies themselves who have been big abusers of this uh, are, are supportive of it because they there's also been a lot of lawsuits against them in different jurisdictions. Uh, there were some landmark ones in, in Ireland. Uh, I think that was against Facebook or Google, one of the big tech giants, uh, you know, where they're getting hit with really hard taxes, uh, whereas this would at least create an even playing field. They would know kind of where they stand. Uh, and the U.S. would still remain one of the, 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 the best places for them to, to operate and, and have the revenue reported. So all in all, there's a lot of support for this and, and likely to, to go through pretty easily. You know, the IRS over the last uh, decade really have just been pumping more and more dollars, not so much into help for people uh, to file taxes, but into their collection side of things. Uh, and they currently have on their radar 400 billion in unpaid taxes that uh, they're going to put a lot of uh, pressure on to go collect uh, over the next, certainly over the next decade, but uh, over the uh, over the next next while, and and we constantly talk to people. If you are a U.S. person um, living in Canada, this concerns you because the it's not so much the tax you owe in the United States or you might owe in the United States. It's the penalties that will really get you. IRS has is is famous for having large large penalties and punitive uh, numbers if you violate one of the rules. So. If you're a U.S. person, if you're, you know, to be a U.S. person, well, if you're a U.S. citizen, uh, you live in Canada, if you're Canadian and you don't have anything to do with the U.S., you're a U.S. person, you have to file U.S. taxes every, or tax return every year. doesn't mean you owe, you have to file that tax return. Um, if you haven't been, you know, really uh, suggest you self-report. They're pretty lenient on that, especially if you don't own any taxes, owe any taxes. Um, you know, you want to be careful about that. Uh, if you're also... Um, you own any revenue property uh, in the United States. So if you have a property down there and you rent it, 
Uh, so you have US-based income. If any of your income from your job is paid to you from the United States, you're a US person. And if you spend a certain number of days, it's a, there's a, an equation uh, that's over three years. So, you know, it's not the six months a year number. It's actually a, a move in scale based on your average over three years. But you, if you spend a lot of time in the United States, you could also be uh, captured into that US person designation, which means you have to file US taxes uh, even as I said, even if you don't owe, and there's a lot of other repercussions as well uh, on owning uh, any U.S. asset. So even if you own, uh, you you buy your your Canadian investment account, you buy U.S. stocks. Um, if you go over a certain number of value uh, during the year, uh, and it's your high watermark. So even if your portfolio went up, you went over that watermark, and then it comes down, back down. It's the high watermark. So you have to be careful if you are considered a US person uh, about your, your, your US exposure um, in your investments as well. So basically, if you think you fall into that category, um, reach out to us, we'll help you figure it out if you are. If you know you're in that category, be careful, make sure you're, you're filing proper tax returns, making sure you use a, uh, an accountant who uh, is, is is familiar and experienced with following US tax returns and knows all the ins and outs because there are a lot of extra reporting to do. Like I said, even on your portfolios, uh, don't, you know, don't have tax-free savings accounts, don't have RESPs in your name. All these things can affect uh, IRS, IRS penalties. So be careful on that part. So uh, let's take a look at what's new uh, coming up this week. Um, as I mentioned, there's the, uh, the, the, the Federal Open Market Committee starting the two-day meeting. Uh, they're going to be talking about uh, basically phasing out the 120 billion a month that they've been used to purchase assets. Uh, you know, have it completely phased out by the middle of 2022, and this is their first step to quantitative. Uh, you know, uh, closing that quantitative easing and moving towards raising rates. Uh, Pfizer is going to be reporting their third quarter, and all eyes are really taking a look at what their forecast for the vaccine uh, numbers are. Uh, and obviously, they're on the top. Uh, top shelf of the vaccine list these days with the only approved booster shot. Um, there's more coming behind that, but, uh, you know, obviously when you talk internationally, uh, you know, Pfizer tends to be the most recognized vaccine globally. Uh, when you're looking at different countries is who's approved what, uh, and, and if you want to go do travel, uh, obviously having a vaccine approved for the country that you're going to, is important and that's uh, it's got Pfizer out on top as, as kind of everybody wants to chase after that brand because uh, it keeps them, uh, you know, allows them into more countries than some of the other ones right now. And also, obviously, as supplies move into that uh, age five to 11 group uh, in the United States and then uh, Canada's right behind them as well. Other top US news, uh, Coca-Cola is looking to acquire uh, Gatorade's rival, Body Armor, now for $5.6 billion. Now, they already had a, a sizable holding in, in uh, Body Armor. They're just sealing the deal and buying out 100% of it to, uh, to go head-to-head -head against Pepsi's uh, Gatorade brand. Um, you know, this, is, this market's been kind of going on uh, back and forth for a while. Uh, Coca-Cola is just going to take full control of the brand and uh, probably roll out some new aggressive marketing tactics uh, on that front. Uh, Goldman Sachs is also uh, playing with ways that investors can uh, bet on SPACs to bring out some innovative offerings uh, to try to uh, to get people uh, or to try to take advantage of the hype and certainly popularity we're seeing around the special acquisition companies um, 
that we've seen over the last really two years. Um, you know, they, they've been around for longer than that, but definitely the, 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 the ramping up of the, the, the pricing and the popularity of their use has been over the last couple of years. Um, you know, I still find them controversial. Uh, and we're actually seeing a few lawsuits out on them that could seriously affect their future or affect how they're used in the future. Um, but uh, they're becoming more and more familiar these days, uh, so you should be aware of them. We did do a video. If you go check out our library, you can uh, see uh, see kind of what SPACs are and how they're created and uh, why, why they've become more popular in the, in the recent years. Uh, as I mentioned, the vaccine in the U.S., the White House approved it for 5 to 11, and they're, uh, they're just moving, shipping the uh, inventories around in order to have an aggressive rollout of it over, uh, over the next week. Uh, Tesla's opening all their charging stations to all EV cars or electric vehicles for the first time. It's a pilot program starting in the Netherlands uh, first. So you're not aware, Tesla's, uh, you know, obviously part of their growth of uh, being one of the largest uh, car manufacturers in the world, certainly by mar market cap anyway, um, is they've built out a lot of infrastructure. So they have the Tesla charging stations, the Tesla stations are the fast chargers so you know you can, they can fully charge a car i think it's like 45 minutes depending on which vehicle you're plugging in there and they had a special plug which was exclusive uh only for tesla vehicles uh as they built them out uh and and that's a big part of switching to you know an ev or an electric vehicle structure is to have that infrastructure in place so people can charge you know whether it's having a charging station at home have them available in parking lots at your office, your place of work, uh, or or you know on the road on the highways where you can pull off and uh, you know quickly charge up when you need to, uh, especially on longer journeys. Here in British Columbia, uh, I mean obviously there's Tesla stations all around all around the Lower Mainland, uh, Squamish. You know if you're heading up to Whistler, there's some in Whistler. Uh, you know Hope uh, has some. They're more and more popping up everywhere, uh, you know, along those longer uh, road trip highways uh, destinations. And uh, now, so they're, they're piloting to open that up to uh, non-Tesla vehicles. Uh, you know, what is that going to mean? Uh, you know, from a cost perspective, will they charge them more? Uh, you know, what is it going to mean for wait times? Because obviously more vehicles can use it. Uh, you know, will that cause uh, more wait, will, uh, more wait times at the charging stations? Will Tesla owners uh, have any backlash against that? It's kind of that's why they're doing the pilot over in the Netherlands, where there's a lot of electric vehicles to kind of see how this uh, how this will work out. Uh, but it's an important part of, of building, you know, having an open infrastructure uh, across the highways is uh, only going to accelerate the uh, the adoption of electric vehicles as people can. Uh, you know, recharge them more and, and uh, more conveniently. American Airlines, if you haven't been following the story, uh, they've had, they, in the United States uh, specifically, but obviously here in Canada to a smaller extent, uh, the airlines have had a lot of challenges uh, with uh, weather, first of all, causing a lot of uh, cancellations of flights, um, but also staffing, right? So, you know, where we're seeing staffing problems in you know hospitality restaurants uh you know pretty much everywhere uh across the north america or even around the world uh airlines are not protected from that so while they have staffing shortages uh you know as more and more people want to get out there and do more flying uh it's causing 
then you have to cancel more flights. You just can't get the staff uh, to uh, to man all the flights or to 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 pilot or uh, service all the flights. Uh, and on top of that, of course, you know, pilots and uh, uh, airline attendants uh, have a limited number of hours that they can work a month, uh, just based on the, the safety rules. So, you know, even if uh, even if they have people available, they might have maxed out their hours for that month uh, and not able to uh, to service that flight, and they have to cancel. So, more and more flights being canceled. So, as you get out there and travel a bit more, last week that was our question out to everybody. Uh, you know, are you planning to travel, especially with the holiday season coming up? Uh, you know, certainly it sounds like a lot more people uh, from the feedback we got, a lot more people have been uh, wanting to get get away uh, or at least see family for the holiday season, which, you know, last year, uh, a lot of people weren't able to do that. Uh, you know, be, you know, be cautious, be, be conscious that, uh, you know, there are there's this problem still exists. And even if you have a flight available or booked, uh, you know, there might be uh, more pro travel problems or cancellations as well. On the, yeah, on the dollar front, the US dollars is expected to stay pretty much in this tight range it's in right now as we wait for this, this Fed policy announcement. Said most of the expectations of that, that meeting is already priced in. Uh, you know, we are expecting that, that slowdown on the buybacks. Uh, we're not expecting anything as far as a uh, interest rate hike uh, for the next little while, uh, but it, it's, it should hold in that tight traded range. Uh, and on that front, you know, the, the yield, the benchmark yield uh, fell a bit. So the 10 year had been rising. It was, uh, you know, almost up to the one seven. It was one point six something, um, it, you know, fell down to one fifty five to, you know, uh, one fifty seven range on Monday. Um, you know, so that's just showing that the market's comfortable with this Fed meeting that, yes, we do expect easing to come in, but it's pretty much priced in. Uh, nothing, uh, nothing uh, is really kind of out there uh, to, to shock the market. Um, also, uh, talked about the, the two year, uh, the, sorry, the two year US Treasury uh, in the past months uh, have been climbing a bit just on the worries of those interest rates might be sooner than later in 2022. On the oil front, we, uh, although we saw last week uh, the oil price weakened it off a little bit, starting to rally back up again. It's, uh, you know, headed towards the $85 price range again. Uh, and this is on OPEC that their uh, OPEC plus rather is uh, sticking with their output policy. They are right raising production by about 400 barrels a day, um, but that's just just keeping pace with demand. So there's still a strong strong pricing pressures on oil, as I mentioned, uh, that, that's likely going to continue for a while. Don't think we're going to see a, a break at the pump uh, out there. So maybe you should go out and check out uh, the electric vehicles and see if there's one out there for you. Uh, because it doesn't look like we're going to get a break on, on gas prices anytime soon. Gold, uh, gold's been holding flat around 1800 now it's just shy of that. Uh, you know, again, just watching uh, what the Fed's going to do with their tapering announcement uh, and basically saying that, you know, they don't expect that rate increase to, to happen anytime soon. Uh, base metal showed a little bit of weakness, not much uh, slow in demand in the China's property sector because, of course, they had Evergrande over there going to financial trouble, one of the biggest uh, real estate builders. So while they work that out, um, you know, we've seen a bit of slowdown on the demand, but global growth stays pretty strong. So I don't think that's going to have any uh, any major impact when it comes to base metal pricing uh, over the next week or, or months. So with that, everyone, if you have any questions uh, or you want to, uh, you know, give us any feedback 
any ideas that you want us to cover for topics. Topic I'm going to be doing this week, we're going to send another video. Uh, it's going to be on preparing for the tax season because we are coming into tax season now, uh, you know, getting things ready before the end of the year. Because after December 31st, other than RSP contributions, there's not much we can do to plan for taxes. So things like tax lot selling, we're going to go into some different strategies you might want to consider, or at least things to take a look at. Uh, so I'll, I'll get that video out to you in the next day or so. But go to mikeonmoney.com. Let us know your questions, your comments, anything, and check out our other content. With that, thanks very much, everyone. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, now.